Nobody should be surprised that Ohio State's defensive line won the day during Saturday's scrimmage. Why, you might ask? Because that room is full of dogs. You are Locked On Buckeyes, your daily podcast on the Ohio State Buckeyes. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What is up, Buckeye fans? Welcome back to another episode of Locked On Buckeyes for the Locked On Podcast Network. I'm your host, Jay Stevens, also the host of the Jay Stevens Podcast. It is Monday, April 3rd in the year 2023, and I want to thank you for making Locked On Buckeyes your first listen or first watch of every single day. During this episode, we will discuss how we should approach D-line growth versus O-line growth this time of year and a freshman receiver that continues to make noise during every practice. But before we get to any of that, anytime there's a scrimmage at Ohio State during spring practice, we're trying to analyze, we're trying to dissect, we're trying to figure out what player or position group is playing well and is emerging in the right way. May it be a player in a Cardinal Tate. May it be a quarterback in Kyle McCord or Devin Brown. May it be a transfer in Davidson Igbenosin. It does not matter. We're trying to find a player or maybe a position group that is moving and making strides in the right direction. Now, it would be nice if I would come on here and say, oh, the running backs, they doing it right. Or the DBs, they're getting it right. They're making everything right that they did wrong a year ago. It would be nice if I came on here and did that. I'm not a guy that's going to try to sugarcoat or falsify any information, which is why I don't take that tactic here in this show. But what I do want to do is kind of inform everybody about a position group that did not play up to standard a year ago, did not play consistent football a year ago. And that position group right now, the defensive line at Ohio State that has dogs at every position, those dogs are making noise during spring practice. I, I got a list of five guys here that made multiple plays on during Saturday's student appreciation day. And it's fun. I love that Ryan Day and Ohio State – do this with the students um, during spring practice and allow them to come in um, during a day when there is a scrimmage and to kind of have some fun. But I also love that we're getting guys like a JT Toy Maloa or a Kenyatta Jackson or uh, a Michael Jr. and a couple others there in this group that they're also getting a report about not just a, a successful student appreciation day, but also a successful practice where the D-line won the day. JT Toy Maloa had three sacks. Kenyatta Jackson Jr. <clears throat> had a strip sack, and he frequently was in the backfield making plays. Three other guys that were constantly in the backfield making plays as well. Mike Hall Jr., Tyleek Williams, Ty Hamilton, all of these guys are doing exactly what needs to be done for the defense to win the day. And I do believe the, the previous scrimmage we talked about, the offense won 102 to 100. Um, the offense had the ball, needed to score to win. Kyle McCord made the right play as the quarterback on that drive to make sure that the offense won the day and won the overall scrimmage. And you know what? The team was hype. Kyle McCord was hype, and I love it. But you also want to know what Kyle McCord needs to worry about? Is the guys in front of him blocking these guys like JT Tuimaloa and Keanu Jackson Jr.? and Michael Jr., and Tyleek Williams, 
anti Hamilton because we talked about it a year ago. I talked about it in the offseason. The D line has not played up to par over the past couple years. I'm not just saying that this is not a Zach Harrison conversation or this is not um, uh, uh, um, occasional Haskell Garrett when he was battling injury conversation. We know what Haskell Garrett can do. We know what Zach Harrison can do. This isn't about those guys. But the unit as a whole has not played up to standard. I'll make it even easier. Not just saying Ohio State standard. They have not been consistently good over the past couple of years. And so you wanted to see. Guys emerge, guys progress, guys play better. And I keep hearing good things, great things about Kenyatta Jackson Jr. And I keep saying, hey, Jack Sawyer, is he going to be the starting D end opposite of Toy Malowal? Now, a lot of y'all are going to say yes. A lot of people are going to say it's Jack Sawyer's is that Jack Sawyer's um starting spot? Is Jack Sawyer this? Is Jack Sawyer that? A lot of y'all are going to say that, and I'm not hopping on that train. And I would put pause on anybody that says that. It's a lot of football, a lot of practice, a lot of uh, workouts to be completed prior to game one against the Indiana Hoosiers, where Ohio State will be on the road in Bloomington playing that game. We're going to find out who the true starting D end is opposite of Swing Malow. Because I'm not one that's going to say it's going to automatically be Jack Sawyer. Now, you may say, Jay, it's going to be. Great. What's your What's your source? Who have you talked to? What have you seen? Now, you may say, Jay, I have access to practice. Great. Have you talked to Ryan Day? Have you talked to Larry Johnson? Have you talked to Jim Knowles? Have you talked to the decision makers? Have you talked to the GAs, the grad assistants that are helping those coaches? Have you talked to them? Why? Because I think they got a better insight about what's going to happen on the field at that time, at that period in time, that point in time, than many of us do. So we can all speculate and make guesses about who's going to be the starter at a certain position. But if we keep hearing good things about Kenyatta Jackson Jr. and always flashing, consistently making plays, and being a guy who's going to be hard to take off the field, wait till we April fifteenth, and let's see exactly what happens with Kenyatta Jackson Jr. If he, in that moment, on that stage, in the shoe, probably, my guess, there were 60,000 last year. There'll probably be 50 to 60, maybe more this year due to the quarterback competition that we all want to see. Jack Sawyer, better keep working. Better keep running. I like Jack Sawyer. Don't get me wrong. Y'all might say, Jay, don't like him. No, I do like him. What I do also like is putting the right guys on the field so the best 11 are on the field so the defense can be as successful as it can be. That's what I like. That's what I hope you like as well. And so, just got to wait and see what happens. But no, the D-line, man, you, you want to hear this. You want to hear the D-line is playing well. Not just at the end. <clears throat> you want to hear Tyleek Williams, Ty Hamilton, and Michael Jr. are playing well as well. And those guys are blowing up multiple plays each of them blew up multiple plays in the backfield on, during Saturday's scrimmage. You want to hear these things. Because right now, if your defensive line is gaining confidence, if your defensive line is making strides in the right direction, if your D-line is doing things in this way, it's going to make things easier for a young guy like T.J. Hicks who is trying to get reps to get on the field. It's going to make things easier for Gabe Powers or any other linebacker that's trying to get on the field. It's going to make things easier for Steel Chambers. He's already on the field, but it's going to make things easier for him. A great defense has a really good to great defensive line. And if Ohio State's defense wants to be elite in 2023, they better have a really good to great to elite D line in 2023 so they can accomplish 
that goal. Accomplishing a goal is going to be great. But also at the same time, we're seeing things right now with the O-line and D-line that might skew what's actually going on. How should we view O-line, D-line growth this time of year? We will discuss that next right here on Locked on Buckeyes. This episode is brought to you by Built Bar. Looking for a delicious treat but don't want all of the fat and calories? Then you got to try a Built Bar. We just got through the holidays, and I know my goal is to eat a little healthier this year. If you're like me, where you want to eat healthier but don't want to compromise taste, then man, I've got just the thing for you. You got to try Built. With Built, healthy is actually tasty. What makes Built Bar so good? Well, for starters, they are all covered in 100% real chocolate, and they come in unbelievable flavors like churro, peanut butter brownie, and coconut almond. I'm not sure how Built does it, but these bars taste like a candy bar while maintaining amazing macros. And now you don't need to wait around to get a box. For years, we've talked about ordering your Built bars at Built.com. Now you can get them at your local Walmart or Sam's Club. That's right. Head to your nearest Walmart today. Walk to the pharmacy section and grab yourself a box of Built Bars. You can pick up a four-bar box of cookies and cream, double chocolate, or coconut puffs. If you're close to Sam's Club, run in and grab a 13-bar box with our hitch flavors, brownie batter, and churro. You can thank me later. March Madness is right around the corner. If you want to win your office pool, you need to stay caught up with all the college basketball action with the Locked On College Basketball Podcast. Every Monday, Andy Patton and Isaac Shade recap the biggest stories in college basketball, keep you up to date on the NCAA tournament bubble, and get you ready for the upcoming week of games. From the Big East to the Mountain West and everywhere in between, Andy and Isaac have college hoops covered on the Locked On College Basketball Podcast. Available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. So I am a person. I love, I love the battle in the trenches. I think if you've been listening to Locked On Buckeyes for any length of time during any football season, you know Jay loves, loves the battle in the trenches. And it kind of comes out when I give my keys to victory for different games. I always have a battle in the trenches because if you don't win the battle in the trenches, nine times out of 10, you're probably going to lose the game. It's one of those weird things about football. That's normally true. If you lose the battle in the trenches, if you get beat up, you're probably going to lose. It's not concrete that you're going to lose, but your chances of winning that game, they quickly go down. And so when it comes to to the battle in the trenches, Yeah, we're in the evaluation stage of football. It's spring practice time. We got a couple more weeks until the spring game. I'm looking forward to seeing some of you guys there. If you see me there, holler at me. Say Jay. Say uh, Locked on Buckeyes. Say whatever. Say Locked on Mr. Lockhorn. Whatever you want to call me. Try to get my attention because I want to meet some of you guys. Um, Listen to the listeners, uh, the viewers. Meet some of you. I I want to do that. So if you see me at the spring game, don't, don't be shy. Don't be shy at all. Come up and say hi. I will not be alone, but I will tell you, just come up and say hi. I'll be glad to meet you. But when we're in this period of evaluation, there's always a thing when it comes to how we should view growth from these two position groups. 
Now, we talk a lot about the D-line. We really haven't talked much about the O-line and who is playing at that position right now. Left to right, these four guys have been the consistent guys on Ohio State's offensive line with the first unit. Josh Fryer at left tackle, Donovan Jackson at left guard, Carson Hensman at center, Matt Jones at right guard, and there have been a couple guys, a few guys, that have been kind of uh, in a rotating movement in motion at right tackle. So with those four guys there, you're thinking, okay, they're going to build some chemistry. The communication is going to be down. You're going to get this. You're going to get that. Yes, that is true. But imagine you're trying to build communication with the guy. He might have his right step. He might have his footwork down. He might have his hand placement down. But the communication from Carson Hinsman to Donovan Jackson or Carson Hinsman to Matt Jones or Donovan Jackson to Josh Fryer, that communication might be a work in progress right now. Now imagine if your starting D-line right now is Jack Sawyer, Mike Hall, Tyleek Williams, Tui Malowal. Now, I'm just putting out names out there. Those are not the concrete starters, but you get the gist. Just, just imagine this with me. You're playing defense. You know your role. They know they have to communicate. You can move one shade to the left or one shade to the right, and that can completely alter not just one guy's communication and one guy's call, the entire offensive line's call. And so what we're going to find is in that situation, let's just say Tui Malowal goes one shade inside, not one shade outside, one shade inside, and they're trying to come right at him. All of a sudden, everybody's talking, communicating, pointing this, pointing there. And it, that one thing could change a lot with the offensive line if they don't get the, their communication right and their keys right and uh, key the right guy at, after the snap of the ball. What could you find? A blown up play. Why? Just do it in bad communication. It's kind of e it's a lot easier to play D-line. You're not really stuck to the communica communication there. You do have to communicate with D-linemen and linebackers. You have to communicate all over the place. But, buddy, if I know, if I know what I'm keying, what I'm hitting, and if I'm trying to turn you one way or another, if I got to rip, like, I know what I got to do. It's really more free motion, free movement on defense. Not saying there aren't plays, but it's more free, freeing to play defense than off of the line. It's a really complex position. And so when you talk about growth and how we should properly view growth from these two positions, D-line growth is always going to be there quicker than O-line growth. It's just a thing. Not just from me saying this, not just in 2023. It's been going on for decades and decades and decades of football. The D-line always progresses and flashes more early. It's early in the season or early during practice, and we're practicing right now. And so don't be alarmed. Don't be alarmed if you consistently hear, ooh, D-line did this. Ooh, D-line did this. Ooh, D-line did that. Ooh, Twibble out here. Ooh, Caden Curry there. Ooh, Jackson Jr. here. Ooh, Michael is a dog. Don't be surprised if you're hearing a lot of D-line wins this day. D-line won that day. Why? That's how football goes this time of year. Justin Fry is trying to get things ironed out, not really ironed out, but trying to evaluate and trying to tinker with some things. He might be there. Now, I don't know if he carries a notebook and pen at practice. He might just work off his electronic device. I'm the person that's still, and I've been podcasting literally, my gosh, almost four years now. I, I'm the person. These, if y'all watching the YouTube right now, 
this 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 notepad. I literally just went with my fiance to get new notepads, um, notebooks. Why? Because I still write down all of my notes. There are times I will go to the computer to get a quote. There are times I will go to the computer to get some some stats or some things like that. But generally, nine times out of ten, most of my notes are here in a notebook. So Justin Fry in practice, like I said, I don't know if he does this. But he could be out there saying, man, I got to try to figure out this, this communication, um, uh, this lineup. I got to try to t- tinker with some things. Why? Because communication is not going right right now. I am not saying this is actually happening. I am playing a scenario out with you during this show. It's all about experimenting. It's all about going into your lab and figuring things out. It's all about figuring out if what you're doing every single day I'm practicing in the meeting room if it's actually working, you're going to hear a lot. And I, you guys have probably gone to training camp uh, for different teams. I know growing up and even now in my adult years, Indianapolis Colts training camp has been a fun thing to see and watch. And you know what? As I go there, what do we see? It's consistent that during training camp, the D-line makes more plays in the backfield. The D-line the D makes flashes. The D-line does this. The D-line does that. And it's always the offensive line that's getting talked to, getting questioned, getting uh, picked out, um, getting the figure pointed out. Why? Because the old line is not ready. It is not used to the communication with that group of five that time of year. It's literally a work in progress. So I'm not going to sit here and say just because Ohio State's D-line won the day on Saturday that the O-line is behind schedule. They literally have three guys trying to get drafted in the draft at the end of April. I do believe all three will get drafted. It's when will Luke Whipple get drafted? Will it be a will is he a late day two, round three guy? Is he a, a round four guy? Is he a round six guy? You just gotta really literally wait to see what happens. You get, you're losing three guys, three multi-year starters, three guys that are really good at the football. It's going to take time. The D-line, however, all these guys I mentioned, I think Jackson Jr. had an injury a year ago, but the other four, they were on the team. They played. Some played great. Some played and showed they have things to work on, but these guys were there. It's kind of just like pin your ears back and let's go especially if the, I don't know this for a fact, if some of the plays that I mentioned, some of the stats that they came from, if those plays were um, like, if everybody knew it was going to be a pass play, like, of course that's a different skill set. Like if you know, it's going to be a pass play, buddy, I ain't got to even try to stop the run. I, I just don't thought to stop the run is get to the quarterback, go to the quarterback as fast and as quick as I can. These are the things that go through your mind. So I don't know if any of these plays were, Automatic pass or automatic run, I have no idea. All I know is this. I am not shocked that we're hearing about D-line success during spring practice, especially during Saturday scrimmage. It's expected. Let's wait until fall camp to hear about the offensive line at Ohio State. Better yet, let's wait till game two, three, and four to kind of evaluate what Ohio State's offensive line is because it's going to be some work. It'll take some work for this team, this unit, to kind of mesh and gel. Practice is great. That's one thing. But you can't tell what anybody is until they step on the field on Saturday. 
can't tell me what Ohio State's quarterback is, starting quarterback is, until they get on the field in the fall. You can't tell me what Ohio State's O-line or D-line will be in the season until they get a few games under their belt. A youngster, a true freshman who has a few practices under his belt, Cardinal Tate. He's already lost his black stripe, and he continues to make flashes into while Ohio State coaches during spring practice. What is he doing? What are they saying? We discuss that next right here on Locked on Buckeyes. I am here for reports about guys who are supposed to be in high school that enroll early at Ohio State during big things at spring practice. I'm here for it. I, I mean, these are the things you want to hear. A guy coming in, coming in early. And what do we see? Six foot two, 180 pound receiver. This man, Cardinal Tate, <laughs> he is doing big things. Out of Chicago, out of IMG Academy, he is a dog. And we talked about to John Garcia Jr. about Cardinal Tate and Brandon Ennis. Uh, I don't believe Ennis is actually there right now. I believe he's going to be enrolling um, at the end of the school year, finishing up his senior year, and then coming to Ohio State at the beginning of June. I do believe this duo of Brandon Ennis and Cardinal Tate will be a force in year two, and especially in year three together, if all if both of them stay at Ohio State over the next three years, I believe at one point they'll be on the field together and making things hard for opposing DBs and opposing D coordinators in the Big Ten Conference. But we hear about, like, I've heard Jaden Ballard. Uh, I've heard about his name a lot, about, and I've heard uh, a former Ohio State receiver coach, Zach Smith, say he thinks Jaden Ballard will be a starting receiver alongside Emeka Abuka and Marvin Harrison Jr. in the upcoming season. I've heard that. So great. Jaden Ballard, great. People said, oh, it's going to come. It's going to come at some point. It, this might be that time. But, you know, Car Carnell Tate, a guy just getting there. Yeah, we talk about D-line where it's just kind of like, hey, uh, uh, pin years back sometimes on those pass plays when you know it's going to be a pass play. And get to the quarterback. Literally just get there. Well, for a guy like Cardinal Tate, he, he's just, he's, one, he's already lost his black stripe. But two, he's just trying to play football. He's just trying to do his thing. Blocking downfield. You make a name for yourself that way. Not just blocking downfield, but understanding the playbook. Understanding what the offensive coordinator, who is your position coach, understanding what Brian Hartline wants from that from this group specifically. Not even offense in totality, but what Brian Hartline wants from the receivers. Here's what you can do. Here's a crazy idea. Follow Marvin Harrison Jr. Follow Abuka. Follow Fleming. Follow the guys' lead that have been there for a while, that have played the football. Follow their lead. It, I don't think Cardinal Tate's really going to get on the field this year unless it's in special teams duty, maybe in a return game. But, man, what I do like is that Cardinal Tate just keeps working, man. He keeps grinding. He keeps shining on the football field. And if you want that to happen, if you want Cardinal Tate to, to keep making plays like this, to make things harder for the older guys, it's probably going to happen. I like Julian Fleming. Am I sold on him as a receiver that's going to start in the upcoming season? No. I am not. I think Abuka and Harrison Jr., I think it'd be crazy to come on here and come, or come to me, hop in my DMs at jstevens07 and say, Jay, I disagree with something you say. Like, what, for one, I might ask you what I said because I say a lot of things. I'm on the show five days a week, 
and I'll do some guest hits every now and then. I talk a lot of to a microphone. There's probably a good chance I forget something that I said. But if you're going to come in here and say, Jay, like I disagree with something you said, and it's like, you tell me, it's like, well, um, we're going to have to agree to disagree because we kind of disagree with that. I think we'll agree with this. Cardinal Tate, he's good at football. And him shining right now, him flashing right now, him being a player that is doing big things right now in spring practice, it's, you, it's what you want to see about a young guy who is trying to make a name for himself at Ohio State is literally just trying to learn things as he goes. Here's what Ryan Day had to say about Cardinal Tate. This came in the midst of spring practice where this young man keeps surprising everybody. Quote, everyone has such great things to say about Cardinal off the field. It translates on the field as well. For a young player, he's got a pretty mature route tree, does a nice job at the line of scrimmage, catches the ball strong, makes plays, all really encouraging signs, end quote. Now, it sounds like he's somebody that's been playing football at Ohio State for two, three years. He's literally been on campus for a few months. He's learning the playbook. He's learning the coaches. He's learning what they want. But what you can't take away from this young man is that he's playing the game he loves. Now, he may – that's the statement we always say he's playing the game he loves. He might not love the football. He might just be good at it. I, I, I want to say that he loves the football, I, loves the game. I don't know. I know there are guys that play football that don't love the game. That will tell you they don't love the game. They just happen to be good at it. So I don't know if he I, – I would hope he loves the game. He's just playing a game he's been playing for a long time a game that's made, that made him a top 25 recruit in his recruiting class. He's doing that consistently. And what happens there when you do that, when you're good at it, and you do it over and 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 over again, it kind of becomes second nature. And I think we're seeing that right now in this early portion of practice for Carnell Tate. He's doing the same things he's done over and over and over and over and over again. And I believe what we're seeing on the field, on the practice field, it's literally just become second nature. Guys, I love being back with you on this Monday. Got four more days left. I got a busy week ahead with you on the show. Got some good stuff coming. Make sure you subscribe on the YouTube. Search on YouTube, Locked on Buckeyes. Hit that subscribe button. Also, hit that bell on that page as well so you're notified every time a new show goes live. Also, subscribe on the Apple Podcast, the Odyssey app, Spotify, or wherever you get your fine podcast. Locked on Buckeyes is free and available on all platforms. We'll be there five days a week, five days a week for you. Make sure you subscribe. It's a free way and it helps more people learn about the daily Locked on Buckeyes podcast. You can follow me on Twitter at jstevens07. You can send all of your emails to jstevens317 at gmail.com. Thanks for making Locked on Buckeyes your first listen today. For your second listen, check out our brand new podcast, Locked on College Basketball. Experts Isaac Shade and Andy Patton bring you everything you need to know on and off the court. Plus hear from big name experts, coaches, and players throughout the basketball landscape. Locked on College Basketball. Available on YouTube and wherever you get your fine podcast. My son had a gift with technology. With reliable internet at home through the Internet Essentials Program, the world opened up. He's part of this next generation of young people who feel they can thrive. 
Through Project Up, Comcast is committing $1 billion to help open doors for the next generation with the connectivity and skills they need to build a future of unlimited possibilities. 